Hello and welcome to another episode of the 905er podcast with me, Rod Montana. I am Joel McLeod. Halton Regional Council has just taken one of the most important votes it's likely to take this decade. At a meeting that went late into the evening last Wednesday, after the unusual sight of, uh, at the regional level anyway, of over 50 delegates attending to give their opinions, regional councillors from Burlington, Oakville, Halton Hills and Milton voted 15-9 in favour of a motion that will prevent the region updating its official plan to allow boundary expansion further development. In doing so, Halton became the second council in recent months to vote against boundary expansion in the face face of both provincial and industry pressure to open up more lands for development. Indeed, Halton followed Hamilton's lead in seeing a quickly established Stop Sprawl Halton movement mirroring Hamilton's successful Stop Sprawl Hamont campaign. It appears that the movement to end low-density sprawl in the 905 region has gained huge momentum in the last four years. So we wanted to speak to people on both sides of this debate to give their arguments for why the boundaries should expand or why they should stay the same. And to to that end, we invited two councillors who took part in last week's vote to answer questions. In the first part of today's episode, we're speaking to councillor Paul Sharman. Councillor Sharman has been a city and regional councillor for Burlington's Ward 5 since 2010, and in that role he's frequently served as the chair of city committees and boards, has worked to implement Burlington's net carbon neutral plan as well as representing the interests of his ward. Prior to entering politics, Councillor Sharman had a successful career in the private sector as an organisation performance management consultant. Last week, Paul Sharman was among the nine councillors, including the mayors of Halton Hills and Wilton, who voted in favour of urban boundary expansion. Then, joining us in the second part of today's episode, we're joined by Councillor Jane Fogel. Councillor Fogel has served her community in Halton Hills over seven terms, dating back to 1997. She introduced the climate emergency declarations at Halton Hills and Halton Region, and chairs multiple committees. She's been a core member of the Stop Sprawl Halton Group and is co-chair of Halton Hills Climate Action. As one would expect from this biography, she voted with 14 other councillors last Wednesday to halt boundary expansion in Halton until 2041, albeit official plans can be reviewed every five years. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, uh, Councillor Paul Sharman. Thanks so much for joining us today. So uh, we invited you on to talk about the the boundary expansion discussion that's just uh, happened in Halton last week. And the the vote actually happened last week uh, and uh, the vote for the... um, the vote was not to expand, as I understand it, but um, obviously the, the, this was a fairly contentious issue uh, and there was a lot of debate about it, a huge number of delegates and so on. Could you And you voted against the way the vote eventually went, which was uh, to, to allow for the expansion of the boundary, which is also the staff recommendation, I understand. Could you... Um, explain the kind of key points of, of the debate, uh, what, what your perspective was, and, uh, and what you think is going to happen now. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a giant subject. Uh, we've been working on this for three or four years. Um, the regional uh, official plan amendments are probably the biggest piece of work the region okay. does. And, and the uh, outcome of it, for example, the previous official plan was a $6 billion spend on infrastructure. 
for uh, increased housing. This is a non-trivial matter, uh, and uh, it requires hundreds of thousands of taxpayers' uh, dollars of taxpayers' money, many years of work of professionals, thousands of pages of analysis, uh, and and it's thoroughly prepared um, within the context of law, in the context of uh, planning professionals' uh, experience and training and in the context of guidance from the province as to what we are obliged to do. So this was this was not uh, a trivial matter by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, if you go on the region's uh, website, uh, and you can just you can find the Halton uh, regional planning uh, official plan, um, current official plan, and you'll be able to look at every report, every every meeting uh, and watch it all. Um, the last meeting we had, for example, um, well, actually, February the 9th, we had a workshop. Um, we had 2,777 pages of, of supporting data. And uh, so this is, as I say, something that uh, was um, was very sophisticated, very complex, and uh, required a lot of thought. Underlying this was the, uh, the, um, the requirement for the region to grow by 450,000 people. Uh, by 2030, uh, 2051, um, you know, the big question is why 2051? Some people say, how can you plan that far out? My background is I'm a strategic planner. I've worked with corporations for years and redesigned them. And my question would be, how can you not be thinking about the future when you're designing something as complex as a city? And how far out do you have to look? And what are the assumptions you have to make? And uh, the assumptions you have to make are based on what you know about uh, population growth and how they're going to be assigned within the uh, the region um, and then uh, what is required to build sewers roads and uh, water supply so there's the background to it um, I, I have about 11 <laughs> things uh, reasons uh, why I voted the way I did and uh, I, I can go through those but did you did you want me just well, to sort of do this as a monologue top three top three I, I just just like what were the main oh. what were the main main points that you 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 kind of focused on? Yeah, they're all they're on they're on the top three. There are there are there are a series of them. Let me just just give you um the, 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 I'll give you the Coles notes. The first thing is region staff followed provincial planning guidelines to the letter. The recommendations from staff were were, were cast in concrete, were totally defensible. And any variation from that, the uh, the planning director said, was unrealistic. Okay, so keep that in mind. The land needs assessment, which was the underlying discussion um, around how much land was required to expand the urban boundaries, uh, took a look at a very modest increase in the kind of housing that some newcomers wish may wish to buy, but 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 it satisfied completely the planning instructions from the province. So these are these are no choices. You will do this. Now, add to that people saying that we could do more gentle densification, but the planners have already included that 80% <clears throat> of new residential units would be in densified form. Right? In other words, they're saying 20% of it may be a little more relaxed so that the people who are complaining to, about what is going to happen could happen who live in giant homes, who live in lots of urban sprawl, could have their way, which is add no further housing like theirs. I'm not quite sure what that's about. Anyway, so there's the, there's the first three points. And uh, 
it goes on from there. I think a critical one to think about is Milton and Halton Hills had already had council meetings that had their own staff do a thorough analysis of what they had to do in those towns in order to accommodate, in the case of uh, a Milton, over 100,000, 150,000 people moving in, Halton Hills a bunch less. And they had already deemed what they needed in order to build a complete community. Well, that's that's an argument, though, Paul, isn't it? That I mean, that's somewhat of an ironic argument in some ways, and that that you know, we you you mentioned yourself that that you know the province is dictating certain things, and and the region the region often dictates things to the to the to the lower municipalities. You know, just just because a municipality has decided something doesn't mean it's right, does it? I mean, that's not not how things work. Oh, no, I think you misunderstand. This was done in the context of that plan. It was fully within the guidance of the uh, the province. So there's no there's no uh, there's no dichotomy there. it was it was uh, part of the process. What it meant was that clearly um, the uh, lower tier municipalities, just like Burlington with moving its urban growth center, had the decision to make around how they wish to shape their communities, right? So keep that in mind. They wanted, and they have to think about where they're going to put hospital, for example, where they're going to put uh, uh, another another few hundred thousand jobs. They have to make that decision within the context of their plans, not somebody else. So the re- so yes, the province says you must do this, but at the same time, you must tell us where you're going to do it. Right? That's what those two councils did. Um, so yes, so coming, uh, coming you had a good question, you, uh, and I accept it. Yeah, coming back to to so it means you know we have to put the the arguments of of the other side here. Obviously, uh, we saw recently there was a vote in uh, Hamilton, uh, which went the same way basically. That there was a very strong campaign against urban expansion, uh, and really you know to a extent this this sort of there's certainly been a popular move towards uh, against against sprawl, which is you know I think is something that that I certainly heard you argue uh, in favour of uh, before. And when we were having those same debates about, you know, well, we need to put everything downtown, we need to put things in in, um, in mobility hubs, uh, you know, you need to be putting it near transit. These very arguments that, that which again, we'll hear coming from the province and we'll, we'll, we've heard for years from councillors, uh, are, are just what the, the anti-sprawl people are kind of uh, advocating for now, isn't it? So isn't it, so, you know, having said, we need to put everything downtown, it's a bit um, contradictory to then say, well, you know, let's expand the boundary and just let the sprawl carry on. How do you respond to those kind of points? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How confused. <laughs> Urban sprawl is kilometers of single-family homes mm-hmm. on on significant lots of land. That is urban sprawl. Densification is putting uh, tall towers um, mid to tall towers yeah, but, on no, available land. No, I, mean, I understand families. that. But I was saying the the... You know, we've argued in favour of densification for years, and, and you know, basically every every political party, every level of government agrees that's the way to go. To then say we're going to expand the urban boundary so that there can be more single-family homes is is contradictory, isn't it? It depends on what you think they meant by single-family homes. You haven't read the reports. I have. <laughs> that is not the intention. The intention is that it would be relatively de- more densified use than significant amount of land being sprawled um, with large homes and lots of land. This was never intended to be um, uh, <coughs> um, 
very large properties. This is intended to be townhomes and things like that, but making making ground oriented land available. We're talking about lots of apartments, and and you know uh, most of the people in Burlington do not live in apartments. They live in very large homes on large properties. That is urban sprawl. What is being proposed for uh, Milton? By the way, fifty percent of it is for jobs. So here we are saying, well, it's all urban sprawl now. Fifty percent is for jobs. 20% of the farmland is not used for farming right now. Um, so, so you have to be question, careful about sound bites and, and very significant high-level goals, such as uh, save the farmland, save the, uh, save the world. Um, in general, I agree with. Uh, but the fact is, we at the same time um, have to deal with the kind of problems we had in New Zealand um, when, when um, people said, we don't want any more population. We certainly don't want Japanese people coming here. And, and that was, became a rallying cry. Uh, and it's xenophobic. It's completely unreasonable. So do you think it we is, have is, is this, is this growth. you're saying that people halted are xenophobic, that this is at the root of everything? No, I'm saying the people who are complaining about it are xenophobic. Their issue is about newcomers. They want to stop people coming to Canada and population growth because, because that's where it has to go. If, if those population come, we must accommodate them with housing. If we don't give them housing, we will have social strife. You know, people like Stop Sprawl Halton. Do you think that they're being motivated by xenophobia? I don't think they'd they'd recognise that. I'd think they'd say it's solely climate change mitigation, and uh, every every acre counts. And I, and in general, I understand the argument. I could easily I could easily say the same thing, except that you have to also consider all the other facets of the discussion, which they are not doing. I I just want to jump in um, the. The, the over the overarching argument I, I'm I'm getting from this is you know protecting our green space, protecting farmland, and 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 what at least that's the argument being put forward by the other side at, at the moment. I'm I, I I honestly I'm hearing what you're saying. You, you, it's a valid point because we just heard from the the federal government that they want to admit over a million newcomers into Canada, and let's face it, this is a very desirable place to live. We've also had Mike Moffat on, who's talked about the fact that we've had all these newcomers come in, but we haven't built places for them to live, which has led to rising housing prices. I, I guess my, 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 the question that I would have under that argument is, when when does this stop? Because it, we, we say we do expand, we allow Milton and, and Halton Hills to expand their boundaries, and we do build, we build denser locations. 2054 comes... Are we right back where we started now and we talk about let's expand another few kilometers outward? And they, I, I'm, 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 and it's, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to this, but it's a genuine question. It's like, when do we just say, okay, this is it. We can't, we can't grow any further past the boundaries. We need to start looking at, at more densification inside uh, our communities to protect the green belt. I think it's a great question. The, 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 Central to planning in the province is, in fact, to stop urban sprawl. It, it's not an afterthought. It's not secondary. It is central to the numbers that they've allocated to Holton. It's central to the directions they've given to Holton to have 50% uh, urban density uh, throughout Holton in the, within the urban boundary. So to answer your question about when this stops, the answer is it never will stop until we see uh, we no longer see people wanting to move to Canada and we no longer see population growth. We are one of the most underpopulated countries on earth. Um, if you if if you live anywhere where there is strife, hunger, um, and um, you know generally a poor quality of life, uh, every single one of those people will be looking into Canada and say, "I want to live there." 
and borders upon porous. They will be coming. But on top of that, we have a we have an economic problem here in in Canada, um, and that is the miracle of aging. When when Medicaid uh, uh, was introduced into Canada in the 1950s, the average uh, lifespan was 52 years. Today, it's 82 years old. And that means that we have presently a massive aging of the population. Um, and people are still retiring fairly young uh, relative to that age, which means somebody's got to feed us. Somebody's got to pay those pensions. There are more people over the age of 65 today than there are under the age of 15 in Canada. Where's that, where's that workforce coming? It's coming from immigration. So yes, the, the, the feds are putting up the uh, immigration to 400,000 a year. The plan we have that we're looking at today was based on 200,000 a year. Uh, you know, th this will continue until it stops. And there, it won't be night to 2054, it'll be 2031. So I, th I think I mean, that, every that, five years that leads to really, I mean, we just got a couple more minutes here but, but to my next question, really, which is, you know, what happens next? I mean, the, the region has obviously voted how it's voted now. That That's over. However, certainly... Um, no, well, no, it's not. Well, that's what I was going to ask. There was a motion to review the plan. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> there will be a vote. The decision that was actually made on 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 Wednesday was basically to defer a, a decision and to do more work. Or um... no, it was to, it was to do more work mm -hmm. uh, and to to consider how we could defer the decision to not expand the boundaries um, till after um, we've done certain further studies. It remains to be seen. We could, this, the, the region staff will put together that plan. There will be a vote on the plan that we will submit to the province, and the province are the people who will approve it. My bet is because there was a letter from the mayor of Milton to the province saying he disagreed totally with what was happening at the region, that he argued string, strongly as to why they needed the urban boundary expansion, that the province will listen to him. And they have the power to do that ultimately. Uh, they, 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 they have the power, and they can do that. And it, and what is being proposed is inconsistent with the instructions the region was given. The preferred growth concept is consistent with the instructions they were given. So the answer is we'll find out, uh, but it'll be after the election of the federal of the of the provincial government, and uh, it'll be what it is. Um, so that's that's the way it'll go. Well, I think, I think that probably uh, uh, that's all we've got time for today. But thank you again, uh, Councillor Sharman, so much for, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And um, uh, we'll uh, look forward to seeing what, what happens next. Me too. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. <laughs> thank you. Welcome, uh, Councillor Jane Fogel, to the 905 podcast. Thanks so much for making uh, time today to uh, to provide uh, your side and the side of uh, the um, uh, Stop Sprawl Halton organisation on the on the vote that happened last week at Halton Region on um, on on whether to expand the urban boundary or not. And uh, again, as we we mentioned earlier with our interview of uh, Councillor Sharman, the the vote was. For the moment, not to expand expand that boundary, and I'm wondering if you could, you know, just just to kick us off here, just sort of give give the stop sprawl um, Holton's perspective on this, and and uh, why you're taking your, your that side of, of the argument, and um, and what you think will happen next. Well, uh, thanks for inviting me to be here today. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak more directly to the public. But, uh... 
we don't always get that chance. That's um, why we're here. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Stop Sprawl Halton is a group of people that don't know each other. Uh, they're not part of anything other than that they are residents who who have a concern about climate change and about the um, conversion of prime agricultural land to urban uses. Um, uh, Stop Sprawl Halton started just with signs, lawn signs that were put out that said, save the farms. And uh, this resonated with a lot of people. Uh, and gradually, um, more people sort of signed up for the newsletter and uh, signed, well, more for signs. And, uh, and eventually, they began to write letters to their councillors and express their points of view. And the point of view is um, that we are in a climate emergency. Um, this planning horizon goes from 2031 to 2051. We're actually supposed to be at, at net zero by 2031, the start of this plan. Uh, and uh, we fully expect that things are going to get worse before they get better, uh, that, that we need to use every tool in the toolbox we have to fight climate change. And as uh, Dr. Diane Sachs said, and she's the former environmental uh, commissioner uh, for Ontario, um, we had her at Halton Region to, to talk to our staff. We had her also at Halton Hills, um, the town of Halton Hills, to talk to our staff. And she said the most important tool municipalities have in their toolbox is land use planning. And that by planning for sprawl, we're locking in emissions. We're making it so that people need to drive places to get all their, their services because we've been segregating people into these vast swaths of largely uh, single uh, family homes. But the, the entire design of our communities is based on the car. And um, the biggest source of greenhouse gases right now is from transportation. So it's vital that going forward, we, um, we look at this. How do, how do we make our, our communities better um, in terms of greenhouse gases? And at the same time, as it turns out, we can make our communities better on a lot of other levels as well. Um, and of course, we're saving the farmland. Um, we, we can see that uh, farming is getting increasingly precarious around the world. And so the need to produce food uh, it is is only going to go up with population, and yet it's becoming more precarious. Uh, it's less predictable weather. So we right here in the GTA have the best farmland in the country based on um, the quality of the soil and the, uh, the environment that we live in, the um, heat units that we have, for example, um, or the amount of rain that falls and when we expect it. Oh, sorry, it I, makes I, sense I, to save it all. So that's our I just, point of view. I, I wanted to touch on, on that note. I thought it was a, it was a good a good point to uh, to ask my question on. You're a counselor, uh, you're a counselor in the, the town of Halton Hills uh, and the other town uh, in in Halton that voted in favor uh, was primarily Milton. Both are, are well, the r rural municipalities of Halton region, let's say, in both councils, the majority of the councillors on those two city councils voted to essentially in favor of boundary expansion. Um, I, I'm curious to, to get your perspective on that kind of that juxtaposition of the the fact that the the part the, the municipalities in Halton that have the most farmland to preserve uh, essentially are 
the councils were, were wanting to to further expand the the boundary and maybe just give us your comment on on that uh that 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 perspective there yeah i can't speak for how it rolled out in milton but i can say that f- from my observation of of how information was fed to councillors in the town of Halton Hills, that they made their decision with no public input to speak of. Uh, it was very interesting uh, to try and get the municipal, the town's planner to present uh, the, the, the community's input. I, I couldn't seem to get there. Uh, the answer I got was, well, this is a regional uh, project and they're doing the public input. Well, good enough, but can't you feed it to the local councillors? Like it, it, it exists out there. Give it to them. But it didn't happen. And I, this is the biggest decision we made in, in this term, maybe in all my terms. I don't know. And, and we pride ourselves all the time on public input, on all our decisions. And it's really super important for everything. And yet here we are with the biggest decision going, and there's no input, really, to speak of. I, it, it's fair to say Stop that... Stop Halton sent some people as delegations, but they were dismissed. And, and it's fair to say that, I mean, in, in Halton, this was a, uh, basically the same process was, was kind of a multi-year campaign. Uh, and in Halton, I, it's only in really the last couple of months, almost since the Hamilton vote, that, that this has become in any way kind of prominent in the public consciousness, I think it'd be fair to say. And that's really a problem with whole, with with how the region works. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have a lot more experience than, than I do, but regional issues tend not to get much attention. It, um, it, is that a fair comment? Um, do you find sort of comparing your 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 um, municipal role at the lower level and and the higher level? Um, yes, I would say generally that's true. Um, people identify with their own municipality, and they pay pay more attention to it. Um, and, you know, the regional decisions largely are, okay, well, they're going to expand a road uh, or it's a public health thing. They've been paying attention to the masking bylaw. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, for, the, for most of the things that the region does, they're not too exciting. Like, you know, uh, garbage pickup isn't too exciting. Yeah. And, yeah. and even official plans, people... You know, if they talk about the region's official plan, a lot of people have no idea what that means on the ground in their own town and city. They just don't know. Should I pay attention to that? I don't. I don't know. It's. Uh, uh, I mean, it's an ongoing problem, I guess, and almost a separate issue. But I mean, to take some of uh, Councillor Sharman's points that he made this morning. I mean, his. I mean, I think it'd be fair to sort of sum up his perspective as being, well, we need we need more homes, and and albeit. Uh, yes, uh, uh, I support uh, intensification and, and, and increased density in Cross Halton. Ultimately, that's not going to be enough um, for the for the you know the numbers of people who are going to, going to want to live here in, in the years ahead. So we're going to have to you know open up a little so, uh, a moderate amount of more space to, to let people live in. Um, how do you? counter that i mean with because i guess the stop sprawl perspective is is more of a it doesn't matter how many people come they have to live within the boundaries that we have um uh is is that a reasonable perspective to, to think we can fit everybody in to the kind of area that we already have well you have to remember to start with that the staff have acknowledged that we have enough land to accommodate all the growth to 2041 right now 
It's just sitting out there empty waiting. Uh, I think uh, Milton has 5,000 acres. Uh, We've probably got 1,500 in Halton Hills. And we're saying, let's look at that land and do a different plan on it. Uh, Let's look at it comprehensively, especially given that our experience is we do a plan on a new part of the land that we're bringing in, and it has low density. And then the developers come back and apply to put more density in. Uh, this this is a normal course of events. So instead of letting the, instead of just letting it be redesigned by the developer, why doesn't the municipality get in there now and look at how much more efficiently we could use this land? And let's plan it as much more medium density with mixed use and try to create those communities that are actually walkable to um, to get the services and to get to the schools and so on. We know it can be done. It's being done in Europe when they add on a, a portion of land to their cities. Um, the municipality says, we want to design this as a complete community that isn't car dependent. We're not going to start with the car. We're going to start with the people. Let's start with the people, putting them near the services. I mean, we we have a great opportunity to do a much better job. I, I'm getting thank you notes from people that say, you know, I moved out here to suburbia from the city and I miss not being able to walk. To, I miss where we could walk to, to services to get our bread or our lawyer or whatever it is that we wanted or to get to school. And now we don't have that. And we want to go back to that because they were better communities all around and much healthier. It, so it there is room. It does seem that, I mean, obviously public opinion, I think is fairly clearly Public opinion appears clearly against sprawl these days, and that that's a that's a new development for our region, which is which was sort of sprawl central for for decades. You know, I mean, it, it, it that's how we how Holton well, grew. I, is- I would I would look at it and say I think people are sick and tired of driving uh, <laughs> as much as well. I, I'm I'm this is my editorial opinion, I suppose. But if you think about it. Um, whether you live in Halton Hills or Burlington or Oakville, how much time do you spend in your car driving to work? If you're if you're driving into Toronto or Mississauga or Brampton to go to your your nine to five job, how much time are you spending on the four hundred one or on the QEW bumper to bumper traffic going back and forth from work? And you know, like at, at a certain point, you gotta say like, yeah, I, I would like to have all my and then you know then you're you're supposed to get in your car to go drive to your your groceries or good drive to your um your necessities of life and you got to sit there and say after a certain point people just say i'm kind of tired of always getting into my car to go somewhere i don't want i wouldn't mind uh walking somewhere to to pick things up um that, that's what more my 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 thoughts on the on the matter but i guess i guess to you uh counselor fogel is that you know, Halton Hills is a kind of in a unique position because you are you still are categorized as a town, and yet you're you're on the doorstep of Brampton. You're on uh, you're in next door to to Milton, which is rapidly growing, and you yourself are growing. You know, how do you how do you envision town Halton Hills future? Is it is it still keeping that that small town vibe, or are you looking at you know we have to adapt and change to a new future? Well, what what I have always heard all the time I've been growing up is in Georgetown is we don't want to be like Brampton and anybody listening to this in Georgetown knows that's, that's been the mantra, but they want to keep it as a, as a small town. But um, you know, we're not, we're not even scheduled to get that big. 
uh, and we can contain it in a way that spreads it out and allows us. I, I mean, we we don't have any public transit at all right now, and we're nowhere near the densities that are required to make it efficient. But our businesses are asking for us to provide that transit because there are people that are having more and more trouble affording to live here. Um, and so um, by adding adding gentle density into existing neighborhoods is going to be the key to, to what we do. And it happens very slowly over time, remembering that this plan is 2031 to 2051. And that we do have the land out to 2041, and it was 20 more years. But why wait 20 years? We shouldn't do that. We should start adding the gentle density and permitting it to try and make it happen in, in our existing neighborhoods as well, so that we will be able to uh, provide alternate forms of transportation and, uh, and have the affordable housing so people who work here can actually live here. Uh, we're kind two, of solving a, a number of things. It's, it's crazy. Ahead. I mean, it seems crazy to me anyway that, that, that we still, you know, Halton Region is so close. You know, we're, we're very closely allied, each, each of the cities, each of the towns, kind of we're very familiar with each other but it has no you know if you want to get from burlington to milton on public transit um good luck um i mean you simply can't um in any realistic sort of fashion should there be a, a regional transit do you think like rather than having each city have its own transit system um it, it seems like it'd be much better idea to do the whole thing centrally and maybe connect up each of the uh, of the uh, municipalities I think as we mature, um, that's going to come. Um, even even Halton Hills that doesn't have any transit right now is probably within the next year going to have a line going across Steeles, joining Brampton, Mississauga to, to Milton, even though it doesn't, in the first go, come up to Georgetown where the population is. But it's <laughs> bit by bit, it, you, you, you end up with something that's more coherent and it will become obvious to me that we want to, you know, to pay to a single system and just coordinate the whole thing. Uh, I think that will come in time. And uh, it's one other point I, I sh should make that that uh, Councillor Sharman made. Um, uh, and you know, as you may know, he 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 can be quite um, well. He, he states his opinions fairly clearly, and it, he he suggested that that you know. Basically, the reason why why people don't want to expand urban boundaries is because of xenophobia. Um, how, how do you respond to 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 an accusation like that? I think it's uh, completely the opposite. That what we're looking at is is not building single family dwellings out. That that who can afford that? Look at who can afford the single family dwelling. It's <laughs> what we're looking at is adding more density. In, a, in housing forms that are more affordable, that will allow anybody, anybody to move here. That's what we're looking for. We welcome them. I think, uh, well, that's probably a, a good place to end it. Um, really appreciate um, uh, you joining us today, Councillor Fogel. And I guess, actually, I, I, I am going to ask one final question, uh, and that is, what do you think is going to happen next? I mean, the Halton has made a decision. I mean, it's not, as I understand it, it's not entirely a final decision, but a, a kind of working decision if you like and correct me if i'm wrong uh, and ultimately everything is kind of dependent on on the provincial government do you think that holton will will get its way that the vote that's that's happened last wednesday will actually be what happens well certainly uh the decision at halton last 
week will get a, that plan will get approved. The same people will vote for it. Uh, and we don't have time to do another plan if we want to be compliant. Uh, but, you know, Hamilton made this decision in November and everybody said, oh, that'll never work. The, uh, the province will come down and they'll do something terrible. Well, it hasn't happened. It has, you know, you get these threats, but our intention is to comply with every element of the uh, growth plan. So w- what case do they have? So, no, I don't think anybody is going to come after us. Well, that's, um, I, I'm certainly a fan of uh, the municipalities' votes being respected by the province. So um, uh, in that case, let's hope that's how that turns out. Um, again, thank you so much, uh, Councillor Vogel. We really appreciate you making time uh, um, at short notice. And indeed, we're recording this on a, on a holiday. So we, uh, we really thank you for that. Well, thank you for, uh, for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity, as I said at the beginning, to, uh, to sort of add some more context. That's great. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.